You're listening to I'dRatherBeWriting.com. I'm Tom Johnson, and today I'm speaking with Nazar Bina, who is running a new conference, or actually it's not a new conference, it's it's a conference with a new name, Congility, that's coming up in May, and he's also a well-known uh, expert in the field um, with uh, content strategy, with technical communication, XML, and today we're going to talk about it's more of uh, kind of what the focus of the conference is and his thoughts on content strategy. So, Naz, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit? I'm, I'm not sure if I even really got that right on, on what you consult about. You know, that's that's definitely right. Um, I would have probably put the did a word in there, uh, down information typing architecture, and also work a lot in uh, what I would call component content management. Management, um, component content management, as opposed to uh, web content management or document management. I know it's a kind of a, a distinction that's not clear in the market uh, for a lot of people. But let's say I focus on systems uh, that are dealing with with complex document sets that uh, either want to go to lots of different audiences with subtle differences, lots of different formats or um, have, feature a lot of reuse uh, or translation. One of those four drivers would usually gets people to do component content management, and that's what I specialize in. Now, your conference that you have coming up, you've titled it Congility, which seems to be a blend of content and agility. Uh, tell me, why did you choose that name, and kind of what's the focus of that? Okay, sure. Um, we get First off, we get a lot of people kind of assuming that it, it's about agile or you know, agile software development or how content ties into that. And although we are talking about that, congility for us is more about uh, making your content agile. So not uh, the formal, you know, kind of agile methodology, but the, the, the concept of agility, um, where content is available uh, in, in various circumstances uh, in, in a dynamic way so that the organization is able to deliver what the users want um, when they want it on the format they want it. Simultaneously, also, uh, is the organization and uh, is the content that's being generated out in the field uh, being taken in in an agile way? Are you aware um, when your your products or services are being talked about? Um, are you taking advantage of that? Um, are you addressing concerns? And are you leveraging opportunities um, from user-generated content or, or things that are happening outside your organization? So it's uh, it's about making uh, an organization work smarter with content to get more from it. We come at it from two angles, um, addressing the the bottom line. So how can we be more efficient so that we can save? How can we be more agile so we don't spend so much on, on the content that we do have? Um, and then also, how can we address the top line? How can our content work to, to increase revenues, increase customer satisfaction, uh, and improve the customer experience? So it sounds actually you know a lot more than... Uh than just being agile with content. You've got a lot of different um, facets around that that meaning. I, I just kind of want to pursue this a little bit. So let's take, for example, like screencasts. You know, in a, in a typical traditional model, these kind of screencasts can take weeks, months to produce and so forth. Um, in a more of an agile sense, uh, do, you, do, you, do you kind of optimize um, speed in 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 producing content, like is is getting it out fast part a, a major part of this? I'm just a little confused there. 
Um, that it, it's up to the business, really. We, uh, when you're talking about agility, we're wanting to focus on what are the drivers for that organization. Everything is a cost-benefit analysis. So every organization would love to be able to do everything that it crosses its mind that would improve revenues and lower costs. But you can't. You have to make choices. Um, and uh, we can, you, know, you mentioned that I work on content strategy, and we'll, hopefully we'll get to talk a little bit more about that. But uh, um, speed may be a priority uh, for some organizations, and they, that's how they will interpret agility. But it could also be um, the ability to spread updates uh, across various textual documents or across various formats or tap into various audiences. So there's not one kind of predetermined um, way which we which we address agility. Um, it ha it's, it's broader than that, and it's kind of also as, as much of a mindset uh, as it is anything else. Um, so how would I apply that to screencasts? Uh, potentially, there, there could be a strategy or a process which would improve your, your agility in delivering screencasts, but it's not nearly such a narrow focus uh, as that. Okay. So uh, you mentioned content strategy, and that's what you know I wanted to focus on. So, so let's go more in that direction. Um, this is a hot topic now, right? It's uh, in all the latest conversations and especially among technical communicators. So what are some of the considerations that a content strategist tackles that a, that a technical writer doesn't? Again, uh, that had to do with a, with a matter of scope. Um, the technical writer, um, and we'll I, I'm going to be careful with this one because I'm going to talk about you know traditional technical writers or technical documentation, uh, and I don't want to sound negative or pejorative or um, insulting in any way. Um, but it is a, I, I feel something in the industry that there there is a lot of uh, technical um, communication going on, which is focused on a, what I call a documentation mindset, which is they are reflecting the product in document form you know they they say what the product does um and they put it in some sort of document which you know says there's a button that uh there's a button labeled on and when you press that the, the device comes on uh, and i for me that's the kind of the, the worst type of of technical content because it's just a mirror you know it's a it's a documenting the facts of the product when you get into technical communication and and the mindset where the technical author uh, is taking it upon themselves to create assets which are delivered in the way that the user wants and, and maximize the user's uh, ability to do what they want um, as fast as they want, then you get into uh, more of a strategic mindset. You take that to the next level, you're no longer talking just about technical communication. You're talking about any content that affects the way that the user engages with the product and with the organization that supplies it. Because when you get into relationship thinking, you're going to think not on a device by device or a project by project basis, but how am I interacting with this human being um, who is also part of a user community? How those? How is that community interacting with itself and interacting with us. And so you kind of take the entire discussion up a level in terms of scope. And that's where content strategy plays a role. The technical communicator may not take it upon themselves to think about um, the rest of the life cycle of the, of the product, how, how it's evaluated before it's actually bought, 
how does technical information help people make a, a purchasing decision? They, technical communicators will sometimes offload that. Content strategy takes the umbrella view and says, we have technical content that is relevant at all sorts of different points in the customer lifecycle and for different types of customers and use cases. So how are we going to build a strategy around all of that? I, th- I think that's a good response. I think um, you, you talked about taking it up a level and looking at this larger scope of things and how does the user engage with this material and so forth. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, the part where maybe some technical communicators get offended is is if they're already doing some of that, you know, it's like uh, you don't want to take away from the fact from what they're doing. It's just giving it a name, um, you know, separating this this creation aspect to this more large scoped uh, stra- strategic planning and so forth. Um, Absolutely. Now, how how does a content strategy differ from, say, marketing? Because I mean, a lot of times marketers are trying to they're trying to think about the user and and what appeals and persuades and branding and so forth. Uh, what would you say would be the differentiator between these two fields? Uh, that's a that's a topic near dear to my heart. Um, I don't know, I, you know, the LinkedIn collaborate, um, the LinkedIn community. Uh, page um there's there is a content strategy group on there and i'm quite a vocal advocate of the for what what i call the pure purest uh approach to content strategy because there's whenever you talk about content uh there's a lot of um agencies and individual consultants and just people who will make content synonymous with marketing content um or content synonymous with websites and web content. Uh, we struggled with this with content management system. We couldn't say content management system because people thought that meant the system for managing your website or and uh, the system for managing your kind of corporate brand-oriented front-end marketing website, where that is not at all uh, a, you know, a proper definition for something so broad as content. So the difference between content strategy um, in the way that we're defining it and dealing with it at Congility and marketing is, uh, for me, I break it down to the difference between content that enables the user and content that persuades the user. Um, Marketing content, sales content, is oriented towards persuading the user towards uh, either uh, uh, an action or, or a way of thinking. You are uh, representing your brand. So if you are, you know, BMW, you're you're making certain brand associations uh, with content that make people think of BMW and whatever your idea that you're pushing is uh, together. That's that's marketing content strategy, and that has a role, and that may require technical information. So um, it. BMW, for example, there's going to be several people who are very interested in the engineering behind BMW. The you know the, how do, how is the engine built? Um, how does it differ from the, how does the process differ from the way that the the engines are built uh, in another manufacturer? Um, so content strategists should not be limiting themselves to persuading um, only. They they also want to enable the user to find things out in the way that they want to find them out. So the technical communicator is very used to this. They're very used to enabling, um, especially good ones. They're focused on what does my user want to do? They want to, uh, they want to see 
they want to compare engine efficiency in a Mercedes-Benz versus a BMW. So what information do they need to make that comparison and how can I present it to enable the comparison process? Um, content strategists will bring these two streams together and realize that if that's what your user wants to do, you're going to need to, to present it in a pretty way with, with your brand uh, voice and message uh, and templates and uh, way of delivering enforced and, 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 and addressed. But you're also going to have to listen to what the user wants and bring them whatever technical information and facts and figures and charts, etc. are required uh, to get the user what they want. And that's when they'll be really happy. Um, when you have brought the two halves together. I like that distinction you make about, um, you know, marketing being more persuasive and content strategy being more enabling. I think that uh, it's useful to think about things like that. Um, oh, I, I want to just be careful there. Um, I was saying that uh, the technical communicator is usually more enabling. Um, content strategy is the marriage of the two. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Content strategies, where the content strategist says, this is what the organization wants, this is what the user wants, how can we, how can we make the best balance uh, of the two worlds? Okay. Um, marketing people uh, often will sit too far to one end of the spectrum, technical communicators too far for the other. The content strategist is supposed to sit in the middle and um, kind of broker between the, the three parties so that the best outcome comes out. That makes a little more sense, I guess. Um, I mean, initially I interpreted the uh, the enable part because, I mean, the content strategist is trying to um, allow the user to take better advantage of the content, to find it, to use it, to, Absolutely. to access it and so forth. But, but yeah, as you're, you're saying, you've also got to infuse all the branding and the messaging and the, pers- the persuasive component into that. I have another question. Uh, you mentioned the content strategist as being this person who brokers between these two roles. Um, are you seeing a lot of organizations uh, with an official content strategist role, or do you just see like product managers playing a content strategist sort of role? It's it is a very new and growing field right now. Content strategists, um, as an official role, are are few and far between. Uh, at Congility, we do have staff content strategists. We have um, uh, Nikki uh, Tedke from eBay. She is a content strategist. That's what she does for eBay. Um, eBay is a is you know an organization with who, who is sell you know selling themselves, but in a way, it's very much a software product. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be looking at how they bridged. Um, you know, support content, user-generated content, uh, and the content that they're generating as as individual authors, and and presented that, uh, and addressing this brokerage to a great extent. Change management for her was one of the biggest parts of their project. It took a long time to get everyone thinking along the same lines. Um, so there was a lot of brokering before any kind of doing got done. Um, and a lot of cultural um, issues to address before any kind of real content strategy work could be implemented. Um, so I kind of I want to wind back a little bit, a little bit because I wanted to talk about um, um, examples where technical communication and, and, mar- and pers- persuasion and enabling come together. Um, but also, could you could you refresh me exactly on the specifics of your last question? 
so you wanted to get into more examples. I, I wanted to ask another question. Um, sure, sure. Go for it. <laughs> so you, you mentioned how, how this is a new role, like in many organizations, content strategy. Yes. And that, uh, I mean, you, you talked about the eBay person. who It's her, her official title. But a lot of people, and especially in tech com, we've been told, hey, content strategy is ripe for technical communicators and so forth. It's a great path and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but how does one become a content strategist, especially in organizations where they don't even know, they're not familiar with this term. You know, It's not even in their HR index of job titles. Right, 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 right. Um, well, first of all, yes, I would agree. It's an excellent um, career path for technical communicators. Um, who uh, struggle with career path issues, you know, because you can become a senior technical uh, communicator and then you can become a documentation or technical communications manager. Um, but, you know, where do you go from there? And depending on the size of the organization, that might not actually be even that high. Um, how does a technical communicator become a content strategist? There's no, uh, there's not like a training course you can go on uh, at the moment. The main way that I'm seeing content strategists be born these days um, is by participating in the community. Uh, and I'm not saying that just to shield my conference. Um, I am seeing the content strategy communities coming up online. Um, there are events you can go to. Um, you know, ours is one of uh, one of them. Um, and probably the one in, in Europe or possibly the world most focused on bringing the technical communicator side into it. But it's mainly by working with other individuals who, who've been there first and then going back and selling the concepts internally. Um, if you ha have a strategic bent and you're a strategic thinker and are good at dealing with different personality types, then you probably have potential as a content strategist. What I'd also like to say is not everyone can be a content strategist. And and this is something, again, I don't want to be too focused on Nikki, but she gave me a good quote on that, is that the content strategist is in a way becoming an internal consultant. They're yeah. becoming an, an advisor that deals with people who have different agendas, different mentalities, different backgrounds, different cultures, uh, different priorities, different budgets. And making a kind of bridge between them. If that's not your forte, then content strategy probably isn't for you. Um, so I wouldn't say it's for all technical communicators, but for those who do have a background um, in designing processes, in in usability design, um, in multimedia, then then yeah, then there, then there's then there's potential there. Uh, and the best way is to meet other people who have who have broken the ground and uh, and done it first and and learn from their experiences. So here's another question about content strategy that I find uh, really difficult. Um, in a large organization, let's say you have 10,000 people or 5,000 people, uh, it seems like you know the content strategist's role is to try to have a similar voice for all customer-facing content or to somehow somehow unite all this content so that it's it's got a similar content model, similar um, workflow, governance, and so forth. But content is not produced in just one little silo or department in an organization. It often is produced in, in a dozen different departments by different like managers and directors and so forth. And, and the impression I get, get is that the content strategist is, is attempting to try to kind of oversee all this content. Um, is it, is it an impossible sort of task to be the content uh, overseer, coordinator, governor, over all of an organization's content? Uh, <laughs> impossible, no. Endless, yes. Uh, 
it's something that never stops. Content strategy, and I've also I've also said this about content management uh, in previous uh, podcasts and, and presentations. Content strategy and content management are not something that you implement and then are done. Like, and they should, so they should never be confused with content management systems or um, you know technology or even a single process. They're constantly evolving practices and disciplines. Uh, how do you roll it out across a large organization? Um, a couple of silos at a time. You you cannot start at the very top and convert. 10,000 people over to a new way of, of operating together. So it's like any other big fundamental change. I see it a little bit like when you were first rolling out desktop computers to an organization that was that was working with pen and paper. Um, it, it's going to freak a lot of people out. It's, it's a lot of change. It, there's a huge payoff, so you want to do it. Um, but it's, you're going to have to do it group by group, with pilot projects, uh, learning from your mistakes, um, studying case studies, and training people after you develop a certain center of excellence and then roll it out throughout the rest of the organization. It takes time, and there's no point where you're done, but that's not a bad thing. You always want to be getting better. How can you better serve the client? How can you further reduce costs? How can you tackle a new output channel? You don't want to be done. You always want to be improving. Um, but you have to start somewhere, and you know I, I usually advise to smart, start relatively small and bridge one pair of silos or one pair of teams, and then grow from there. That sounds that sounds reasonable. I mean, I can't imagine any other sort of approach to to I don't know turning a huge organization around like that. Uh, mm-hmm. One one of the things that um, is kind of key that comes up when you're when you're strategizing about content strategy or sorry that sounds redundant when you're thinking about content strategy and implementing it enterprise-wide uh, metadata metadata and taxonomy are two things that come up can you explain kind of why metadata is important in this whole strategy absolutely um the the theme this year of congility is content integration um i should be able to reel it off the top of my head content in- integration Leveraging content standards to improve customer experience. What the hell is content integration? People know what systems integration is, but what is content integration? Um, And the concept between content integration is the idea that with metadata, you can present content that comes from different silos in a less siloed way. Um, The role of metadata is an organizational system that says, um, it comes from the, Dewey, you know, there's examples like the Dewey Decimal System that says, you know, fictional literature in, in this category, um, factual dentistry books in that category, um, and every website has a taxonomy. It's got a, a navigation system that divides the content into sections. All documents have a taxonomy that, that labels bits of the document as reference or how-tos or, or, or so on. So the metadata is the ability to uh, apply various labels to a given piece of content. And once you've done that, you can bring them together automatically. Um, so if you have, let's take an example. We have organizations where a certain group of people are working uh, in, in Word documents and they're creating unstructured files, which they save out to, to be PDFs or to be web content. And then you have other people who may be using an XML content management system who have a very rich uh, structural control and automatic publishing capability and reuse capability. 
But at the end of the day, it's going to hit the user. And it's got to hit the user in a consistent way. So when you're looking at metadata, you ha- you ha- you want to be looking wide as you can, and say at the one audience is going to peruse or, or navigate all this stuff. So are we consistent in how we're going to group together? Um, Hewlett Packard does a good job of this. Uh, every product they make has a consistent taxonomy, and you can see it when you browse their their content. Because you can get uh, on you know, their, their high-end server and, and professional printing products, you can go to supplies, services, consultancy, training from the same places on every product page. And if you're talking about a, a $60 home inkjet printer, you have the same metadata applied. You can get supplies, support, how-tos in the same locations. Um, all that co- content is, is definitely not being created by the same people. And quite possibly not in the same systems. But at the end of the day, you know where it's going to go, so you label it with the right things. And then you can also translate that across formats, because you can do that on, on handheld devices, you can do it on um, in print, and you can do it online. Um, and the, the metadata is what pulls it all together. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I- I think in order to manage all the content and to be able to push it and pull it and, and group it in different ways and, and allow the faceted navigation and so forth, you have to have all this metadata on, on the content. But you mentioned, you, you for example, that you may have some authors writing in Word and you may have other authors using some kind of XML uh, content management system. Um, maybe you have another group that has a wiki or something. Mm-hmm. So you have different different groups using different methods and tools and platforms. Does this make it impossible to try to manage all this content in a strategic way? Tools, um, tools are still an issue. Um, I you know I work for a systems integrator and we help people um, make these systems work together because it's not as straightforward as it should be these days. Um, I don't think we're going to go out of business when when it is more straightforward because we'll move on to something else. But it is still not as easy as it should be, in my opinion, to make uh, different tools work together. So that's where the content strategist and where um, good solid processes come into play. Um, Each system will have a way of controlling metadata. Um, Even word files have a way of uh, applying metadata. Even if it's you know your folder structures, and then you just have to be very disciplined about making sure that the right word files go in the right folders. Um, some are easier to control, like an XML content management system, and some are more difficult. So you have to use more manual process, more discipline, more QA, and more review to make it work. It, it's not impossible. It's rare that an organization will be able to make it global. As I said, content strategy is never done. Um, And I've never met the perfect kind of poster child organization, which has tens of thousands of of perfectly collaborating um, departments that know where everything is and uh, always have the up-to-date version of everything. The the question is, how close can we get to that ideal? It's uh, It's not a matter of kind of comparing yourself to some abstract horizon, because that can be quite discouraging. You don't want to say, well, we'll never be that good, so let's not start. Uh, and I've seen people say that, you know, they've got kind of seen, they've seen the roadmap towards an ideal and the ideal looked so unattainable that they just kind of gave up at the first step. Uh, and I think that that's a shame. A lot of organizations can get a lot more out of their content, can do a lot more, um, 
if they start on the road towards uh, proper content strategy and content management implementation. So I have uh, one last question for you, Nas, and this is one uh, I'm not entirely sure how to answer this, but it seems like for technical communicators, a lot of what they do, technical writers, a lot of what they do, their purpose is pretty straightforward. They're trying to help users learn a, a new software application or trying to help users learn some complicated process. And and they often do it using a transparent kind of official voice. You know, they don't have like a playful style or anything. You know, it's like the professional voice. Mm-hmm. So in this mindset where I'm a technical writer, I'm trying to teach people to learn, I do it in my official voice, um, doesn't seem like some of these larger issues of content strategy always seem so relevant. You know, could the technical writer just say, you know, my role, I don't have to deal with these larger issues um uh, what would you say to that kind of mindset um i would say that it's being overly influenced by the kind of the marketing association of content strategy in that uh, and this frustrates me to no end um i get a lot of kind of content strategy discussions going on where someone is defining content strategy as uh you know lighting your brand on fire for the user blah 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 and i'm just like who cares um that's not strategic. It's not. It, it's falling on the first uh, fundamental. It's content, but it's not strategic. It, it's not a strategy to excite people or to um, make your 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 brand more defined and sell unique your unique selling points versus other brands. That's not st- strategy. Uh, strategy involves. Um, uh, aligning with with business goals um, and having a, a repeatable process, which allows you to to get your jobs done. Um, so the technical communicator needs to be strategic like anybody else. Um, and you kind of said it yourself earlier. A lot of technical communicators are thinking more now. They're thinking, how can I work smarter? How can I leverage um, subject matter experts? How can I um, start to reuse content um, between the various documents so that I can develop uh, an advanced guide and uh, an intro guide and a little quick start leaflet without tripling my workload? That's strategic thinking. So it doesn't have anything to do with the way that you write words on a page um, necessarily. You know, it, it will influence that as well because it, you know, there's a, an aspect to that whenever you're dealing with content. But it, content strategy um, applies to any kind of content set. I could kind of pontificate of how you do a content strategy for a single document, but nobody's doing that. All technical communicators are doing lots of documents, usually for various products or for, as you said, big complex products. So they, there is a strategic element. How am I going to organize myself with my colleagues? How am I going to organize myself uh, with other technical communicators and with the audience um, to get the best benefit out of the out of every single piece of information I write? That's they should be focusing on that benefits, user goals, um, and, and process, not necessarily about changing the way that they their you know, their writing style. You know, I I think that um I think a lot of technical writers kind of get burned out uh, with the boredom of their jobs. And um, I see this oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of as a recurring theme. And one of the reasons that, that it could be boring is if they're not thinking about these larger concerns, but they're not applying strategy to the whole problem and the, and the issues are, that they're actually trying to solve. Um, they just focus on uh, creating a simple how-to guide and they get frustrated when people don't read it or when it has no impact. And they think, oh, my job's meaningless. And it's such a nine-to-five job. 
don't care anything about it. And you're churning out manuals. Yeah. But if you if you yeah. take it if you take it one level above that and you start thinking about user personas and business goals and are we having success and how are we measuring this? What's what's the overall user experience behind this? You know, it it, it adds a whole new dimension to what it means to be a technical communicator slash content strategist. Absolutely. Can I can I run you through kind of my example? Sure. Um, um, it, let's. You've got a, you've got a product and you've got uh, you've got a uh, a how to for a you know common feature. How do I how do I set the alarm clock on my on my cell phone? And I'm and I'm making this example up. So if I screw it up later, my apologies. So let's say I've got a cell phone and I want to do uh, I want to set the alarm clock and I've written a little procedure for that. Um, uh, I know already I'm on the back foot. Do you, do you use that expression in North America on the back foot? No. <laughs> okay. It means at a disadvantage. Um, I already know I'm at a disadvantage because people are not going to want to look up my content. They are they are already anti manuals. They're anti reading. They're anti opening anything that is requires them to do anything. Um, so how can I get maximum leverage out of this thing that I've written? Because there are some people who are going to need guidance on this. If you have, uh, if you're just putting it into a document, which is going to go in a drawer and never be opened again, there's not a, I don't think there's so much that you can do about that. But if you kind of say, you know, how can we do more? Can you talk to um, the development people of how you can embed your your procedure into the application, into the you know into the device, so that that content is available in the device? Can you uh, make it available online so that when people search for your product name plus product model plus alarm clock, that comes up high on the hits. And do you have a way where you can track what happens to it, get metrics, which of your topics that you've written, which of your um, you know procedures and reference files are getting used, which ones are getting shared? When, when is somebody um, putting a link to it on their own site because they're talking about their use of your product and they go, I found this that taught me how to do it. Um, that is another place where technical communication content strategy and what marketing content strategy um, brings to the table is this mentality of where are the metrics, um, when was it shared, who saw it, and uh, giving everything a unique identifier. Then you can open up a, a world of feedback, which you're otherwise not getting. Technical communicators are constantly starved for feedback. Am I doing well? Do people notice? Do people open the manual? Um, and with a content strategy and content management and multi-channel publishing, they have an opportunity to see what's happening with their content after it gets launched and then roll that back. Firefox is very good at this. If you look at the Firefox, um, what is it, Mo, Mozo? Mozilla? What? Yeah, the Mozilla Help. Okay. It's, it's all community driven. You know, it's you know a few people who have kind of elected themselves to be owning this thing, and they manage technical content coming in from around the world. And every article you write has a whole statistics page about it, and you know it's how it's doing. You know, and and the technical communicators can see how their how their content is doing, how how often it's helping people, um, how often it's being linked to, shared, and so on. And that really gets the, the, the nine to five thing away because you're suddenly you're engaging with the user group and you can feed back into the organization and say, we got to fix this in the product because um, I've seen people are constantly hitting this topic. 
something's wrong. If they're needing my help this much on this area, you should fix this thing somehow. Another thing that I think that uh, technical communicators should ask themselves is, do you know what the most common question is coming into support about your product? And have you taken that information and, and applied it somehow to your content? Um, if you're not doing that, then you're, you're just kind of doing the same old thing nine to five. When you break out of your box, the job gets very exciting and very interesting. It seems like if I can try to uh, extrapolate here what I'm what I'm hearing, it seems like the, the the content strategist technical communicator is trying to solve a problem. You've got you've got you you mentioned the alarm clock instructions. Well, mm-hmm. whereas the technical writer who is not focused on strategy would just worry about oh I've got to get this procedure uh, written and published and and that's it. The the strategist is thinking, well, what's the problem, and is it, is this the best solution? Maybe we should uh, improve the the design of the alarm clock, or maybe the the users they need um, some kind of other training. Maybe they need a little sticker on the alarm clock or something in order to solve this problem. You know, it, it, it's it's not just focused on getting getting a, a guide out or getting doing what you've been asked to do by some product manager who says, hey, we need help for this. It's like, well, what problems are we trying to solve? And maybe maybe the guide is the best solution. Maybe there's another solution. And and then following up and trying to figure out, well, did we solve it? You know, is this is this successful and so forth? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, not every organization is ready for a content strategist or a strategic thinker in the content area. Um Uh, I'm a consultant. I can give you horror stories that would give you nightmares of organizations which just don't get it. So I'm not saying that if you build it, they will come. Um, uh, They won't necessarily. Um, You you have to sell it, and hopefully you have some like-minded individuals who care about making the customer experience better with all the tools that are at our disposal and understand that content is one of the big ways we represent ourselves to to our users so it should be good um and then finally if that one doesn't do it for you um organizations will will be able to think i've got all this technical information if it's out there and it's helping people and they're going to to read it when can i put in my marketing messages when can i tie in persuasion so that i'm slipping cross-selling ads or upgrades or cross grades or other product um messages into these places where the user is going to get my information. Can I inform them that the next model up has a much better way to configure the alarm clock in your cell phone? (laughs) That kind of thing. Um, Usually one of those angles, faster, uh, cheaper, or um, better, better customer experience and potentially more sales if we take advantage of the content that we have. One of those messages will usually twig. If none of those twig, then, then maybe the organization's not ready to ready to really advance. Hey, well, it's been great talking with you, Nas. Um, if we can just reiterate a few details about your your upcoming conference for those people who are interested, uh, do you want to just give a, a, a short little brief description of, of when it is and where it is? Absolutely. So it's um, in May, late May the 24th to the 26th with workshops uh, delivered by uh, Anne Rockley, Rahel Bailey, uh, and myself on different different topics uh, on the 24th, and then two days of conference uh, with three tracks on the 25th and 26th. 
It's uh, in Gatwick, which is just outside London, um, which is a very good international airport um, and very well connected. Um, the airport's very well connected to the venue. And um, I would I'd like to follow up at some point to to offer your uh, your listeners and your readers uh, discounted on a discount on entry, which they can use uh, on the site. Um, we to get a reduced entry to, to participate. And uh, registration's open now. So if they go to congility.com. Um, or directly to congility.com slash 2011, they can find out more. All right, Nas. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.